Okay, kia ora, kia ora. Good to see y'all. How you doing? Katipeha kwe? Katipeha koto, sorry. Katipai. Any advance on pie? Everyone's good? Cool. All right, como estas? Hablo espanol. Muy bien. Super bien. Super emocionado for the candles, maybe. All right. Good to see you. Hey, and welcome to the podcast, folks. Hope you're doing amazing. Whatever you're doing, stay super safe. Someone said to me this last week, um, the other day I preached, and I said, if you're driving, be real careful. And they were like, literally driving, and they were like, yeah, I need to actually really focus because they were getting ready to focus on the sermon, which was kind of terrifying. So thanks for being here, eh? Hey, so we're carrying on with Isaiah 9. So if you didn't figure out where we're going, because we're a bit of a secretive church, not really. Uh, Dave preached Isaiah 9 and kind of unpacked the first couple of phrases about how Isaiah describes Jesus last week. I'm doing the next two today. And the idea is we're leading into the New Testament. So the next two Sundays, we're looking at like the fulfillment of those. So I'm going to talk heaps about what Dave talked about last week. Um, so you'll see where we're going in Isaiah 9. Um, and Isaiah in there, he takes uh, four key phrases to describe Jesus. And the two that we're looking at today, one of them, you're going to be like, bro, I'm a wizard. Got it nailed, right? But the other one, hopefully, when I talk about it, you're going to be like, bro, that was amazing. Okay, that's my plan. Feel free to come up afterwards and be like, Craig, that was amazing. Okay, that would really excite me. Hey, so let's do, um, let's do a thing. Isaiah defines Jesus like the Son of God, pretty um, big job, in, in four key phrases. So what about you? How would, what would be two phrases um, you'd use to describe Jesus? Eh? So grab someone beside you. Um, hopefully they're not too terrifying. And just say, what would be two key phrases you would use to describe Jesus, right? So grab a friend or a strange person beside you. How would you describe Jesus in two phrases? Well, good. Any ideas? Any thoughts? You're not allowed to use the Isaiah thing and be like, <laughs> Prince of Peace. I'll be like, cheetah. Anyone? Ben, what do you reckon, bro? He's pretty cool. Shut up, bro. I love you, man. That's good. He's pretty cool. Anyone else? Any pretty cool? Come on. That's good. Shot Louise. That's good. Son of God, creator of the universe. Too good. Cool. Anyone else? Teacher. That's good, eh? That's good. Teacher. That's a cool, eh? Cool. Okay. Hey, so let's look at um, Isaiah. So we're going to read these verses. So um, Isaiah 9, we're going to read verse 2 and verse 6 um, and 7. So Dave read um, this whole chunk last week, so I'm just kind of recapping so we can get into it. So if you've got a Bible, device, tattoos on your arms with the verse, I don't know, you go crazy, and it's good to read it together, eh? Um, so Isaiah 9, just reading verse 2, and then we'll read verse 6 and 7. And verse 2 is hilarious, man. I've read, obviously I've chewed over this passage a bunch this week, and every time I read it, I was just like, was Isaiah like prophesying about 2020? Because this is just ridiculous, right? Um, so verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Um, I'm in a clan game, as you guys know, so pretty hard out. If you're not a gamer, don't judge me, don't really care. Um, and so I have a number of good friends. We chat all the time in um, all over America and in Europe as well. And one of my good friends, um, Jingo, shout out to Jingo, occasionally he listens to the podcast, um, he's been in London in lockdown, and he hasn't seen anyone except for his parents for about seven months now, because they've been in this full lockdown, and his mum was quite sick, so he didn't want to even see anyone. So all his food's been delivered, everything's been delivered, and they do this, this safe delivery where they wipe it down at his doorstep and stuff. Some of the ones in America have been in lockdown for so much, because some of the states have just been terrible, Seattle, Washington, and so on. 
Um, and so when I read this, I'm like, man, and some of them are feeling so dark and like, oh my gosh. And I keep saying to them, move to New Zealand. We're having a great time down here. We've got like no COVID. Everything's good. It's like really light. And they're like, no, it's really dark. Anyway, let me read that again. Um, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep, a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Man, I just love that, eh? And then we see Isaiah with these phrases. So verse 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, and here's these four phrases, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, which is a weird one, right? Prince of Peace. And then he kind of explains what that will look like in verse 7. He says, His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. Um, David was like the greatest king in Israel, right? Um, for all eternity. And then I love this last line. Just listen to this last line or read along with me if you're reading it. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment or the love and dedication of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make uh, this happen. And I just love that how Isaiah summarizes that in, right? Hey, so let's pull apart these little phrases. Here's the first one. Um, Everlasting Father. Um, Everlasting Father. So if you're like me, I grew up in church, in a crazy church. And um, I remember hearing this for years, right? And constantly being totally lost and confused, right? Any Christian Jesus nerds that are like, yeah, of course you would be totally confused. Because I was like, I thought there was God the Father. Now they're calling Jesus the Father. It's like, what the heck is like Isaiah doesn't really understand like the Trinity and he's kind of mixed up the Trinity and no one picked it up until now. And I'm like nine sitting in a church in Matamata going, hey, I've just figured out the whole Bible is completely messed up. Um, everlasting Father, right? So you guys know, but when we talk about the Trinity, we have um, God the Father. And the way the Bible describes God the Father, it says like the orchestrator or the designer or the one that's, that's over everything, right? And then we have Jesus Christ, the, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He's the one that always does. He's the, the Logos, the Word of God, right? He speaks for God. He comes to earth to demonstrate who God is, right? So that's Jesus. And then we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who indwells us now and guides us and directs us and empowers us and all this. And so it seems real weird when you look at it. At first, you're like, oh my goodness, Isaiah's totally messed up. This is so embarrassing. He's mixed up Jesus and the Father. But lucky for you, did some study this week and found that he's not messed up. So I got your backs, y'all. I love this quote, right? This explains it. Warren Wesby, who's just a legend, he says, Everlasting Father does not suggest that the Son is also the Father, for each person in the Godhead is distinct. This next bit's real interesting. Father of eternity is a better translation. Among the Jews, the word father means originator or source. Huh, fantastic. For example, Satan is the father or the originator of lies. In John 8, 44, you see it. If you want anything eternal, I love this phrase, man. If you want anything eternal, you must get it from Jesus Christ. He is the father of eternity. He is the source of eternity, the originator of eternity. I, just, I love that little quote, right? Um, so this is my first point. If you want anything eternal... Um, you must get it from Jesus Christ, right? If you want anything eternal, um, you must get it from Jesus. Um, this next little bit is a bit weird. So if, if I lose you a bit, just kind of try and keep focusing with me. I got really hung up on this this week and got really, really excited. And I realized I don't really think of myself as immortal a lot. Does it make sense? Um, if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are connected to the one who is the source, the originator of eternity. So if you're a Christian, you are now literally immortal. You will never, ever, ever die. 
And then I thought about it. I'm getting goosebumps again because I was just like, I don't dwell on that enough, right? My name's Craig, right? Who the heck is Craig from Kirikiriroa that I am now an immortal being who will never, ever die? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to croak one day and get squashed by a car or whatever, and you guys will dig a hole, chuck me in. People will say amazing things. Joseph will cry. You'll cry. Shot, thanks, Joseph. Cara, maybe a tear from Cara. Shot, team. Um, worms will be like, woohoo, and have a party and all that. Um, but the real Craig, not affected at all, right? My soul, my spirit, my mind, the real me inside. Because I'm now connected to the source of eternity, I will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> Annette, out. Can someone escort that rude? Did you hear what she said? She goes, that's scary, the thought of me living forever. Man, and I just found out we're related. I'm freaking out. I know, I'm, I'm in shock, man. I need to sit down for a while. I just found that real interesting. I want you to stop for a second. Um, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, I want you to stop for a second and just kind of go, wow, I am immortal. <laughs> I am immortal. I will never die. Yeah, your body might die, but you will never die. You will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in relationship with God and connection with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the father of eternity. He's the source of becoming eternal, right? Eternity means no beginning and no end, right? But we're immortal, so we have a beginning, but we have no end. And if you're a Christian, you are now connected with the source of never-endingness. I'd, lo- I'd love to encourage you to dwell on that a bit this week, because I've cheated, because I've been studying this all week. So a bunch of times I've just been sitting at home, or we were in Auckland for a few days, or just walking or doing whatever, and just suddenly thinking, I'm never going to die, <laughs> I'm literally going to last forever and ever. And this made me kind of go, oh my gosh, that, I need to dwell on that. That's kind of essential, kind of important. I love that. Eh? Jesus talks about being, um, being eternal when he was on earth, and it kind of blows the minds of a whole bunch of Jewish people that he's with. So this is from um, John or Juan 8, 56 to 59. It says, your father Ab- so this is Jesus speaking, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day he saw it and was glad. And the question is, what do you mean, Jesus? How do you know he saw it? Abraham died about 2,000 years before this. What's he saying? He says he saw it and was glad. And so the Jews know, right? So the Jews said to him, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, and this is really cool what he says. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am, right? Because he's eternal. As the Son of God, he's outside time. So he doesn't say before Abraham was, I was, past tense. For Jesus, it's current, present tense, because he is eternal, right? You're like, what the heck? And then I love their response. And they realize what he's saying. They realize he's claiming to be God. So instantly, they're such gooses. Instead of being like, whoa, they're just like, kill him, right? Um, So they pick up stones to throw at him. And then I love this last bit. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And I'm always like, how? He's surrounded by a whole pile of really ticked off people with rocks ready to kill him. And then next minute, he just, does he go invisible? Because he's God, he can do what he wants. How does he get away? So cool. I love that, that way. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Just this hint. And then we see it right through the Bible that he is eternal, that he is a God who's outside time, connected with time, but outside time, right? Hey, Dave talked about a couple of phrases last week that I... um, I really loved, and I wanted to just go back and remind us of them and to draw in this idea of eternity with them. So the first one is Jesus is a wonderful counselor. Um, and the word wonder there, it literally means supernatural. 
It means absolutely amazing. So when you read that, it's not just meaning like he's a good counselor. It means he is like a whoa. Because he's divine. His wisdom, his insight, his direction, his guidance is just going to be like, (laughs) he's a wonderful counselor, right? Um, And the other one was mighty God. Um, The power, the authority that God has, that Jesus has to fulfill his will. Um, And Dave talked about this last week, and I just want to say it again. How are you doing in, in terms of needing guidance and direction? Because you have access to a wonderful, divine, amazing, incredible counselor who literally died to give you access to himself. And I think sometimes we forget that. And we don't push into that. We don't intentionally make him room, which is what this whole series is about. And I think a lot of us do Hail Mary prayers, right? This is a shout-out to Phil, right? So in American football, um, often right at the end of the last quarter, and it might be, I won't get all technical American football. Anyway, we need a touchdown to win the game, right? And there's really no chance. There's no chance. And so they'll throw what's called a Hail Mary pass, which is where the quarterback comes back, and he's just like, good luck, ball. He just chucks it, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh. And maybe a guy you know, gets in and gets over the thing, and everyone's like, oh, goes crazy. Or maybe not. And it's like, I have no idea. He's not actually aiming. He's just chucking it a Hail Mary pass. And I think sometimes that's how some of us do our prayers to God. We're like, God, everything's turning to custard. Help me. I'm just going to throw it out of prayer. Help me, God. And lucky for us, God thinks you're amazing, apart from Annette. He's not too sure about Annette. Um, he loves you, even you, Annette. Um, so often God hears our Hail Mary pass in the midst of chaos, and he's like, yeah, I'm on it. I love you. I care about you. But one of the things we wanted to keep talking about in this series is our connection with the divine, our connection with eternity, our connection with the wonderful counselor who's going to guide and direct us is way better when we make him room, right? When we set aside time in our week to really connect with him still chuck up the Hail Mary prayers, right? But I can guarantee, eh, if you make time during your week to connect with Jesus, the guidance, the direction, the counsel that you receive is going to be heaps better, heaps better. The same thing with the mighty God, right? I can be in situations where everything's turned to cuss and I'm freaking out and I'm like, oh my goodness, God, help. Ah! Not always, but most of the time he will because he loves us. But man, if during that week I'm investing time, I'm making room with, with him, investing time with him, um, always going to be way better, right? Always going to be way better. Um, I just want to read this verse from um, Psalms. So if you've got your Bible, go over to Psalm 90, uh, verse 2. Um, this is a, it's just a cool, another explanation of Jesus being eternal, right? Um, I'll read from verse 1a. Eh? So this is Psalm 90. Um, one and two, and it's real. It's just so descriptive. Uh, it says, um, "Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home." I love that phrase. That's such a cool phrase. And then verse two is really cool. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. I'll read that bit again. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end. You are God. In other words, you're outside time, right? You are beyond time. Um, I love that. And I think a lot of us, when we think of this verse, again, we just go to God the Father. And we're like, yeah. And I think some, not, I don't think we would do it, but I've talked to a lot of Christians over the years who would always go, yeah, God the Father's the big God. He's the main God. Jesus is God, but he's a little bit down the ranks. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how the Bible explains it. Jesus is fully God as much as God the Father is. The Holy Spirit is 
God as much as God the Father is. So when you read a verse like this, before the mountains are born, before it's like talking about Jesus, describing Jesus as well. I love it, eh? Hey, I want to go back to um, Isaiah 9.6, and I put this on the screen. Um, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. One of the things I love about this verse is, to me, this is a summary of the entire life of Christ, right? If you look at it, you can see Jesus' life summarized. Um, A child is born to us, talking about his humanity, but a son is given to us, which is talking about his divinity. And so I wrote a little thing down when I was thinking about it this week. The one who is eternal became fully human, which means that the eternal one put on mortality because he was eternal, right? And now he takes on mortality because his cells will start dying. The eternal one who has existed forever put on humanity. The one who had never needed anything or experienced pain, suffering, or lack became exactly that. He endured pain like none of us will experience. He endured extreme and intense suffering in his life and death and a constant lack of connection with the Trinity. And you see it just in this little phrase, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. I think Paul is referring to this, I don't know, I think Paul's referring to this in Philippians 2, and I chat this on the screen, and again you can see that little phrase from Isaiah just expanded out to help us get a bigger understanding of it. So let me read this, Philippians 2, 6 to 8, talking about Jesus, though he was God, Jesus, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. That's that first part, right, of that verse. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I just love how Paul just, like, expands it out so clearly for us. It's so cool. So cool. Let me pull those two little phrases apart again. Um, First of all, that power one. One of the things I always think about is that so, we're so blessed that God is a God of power and of love, right? So if God was a God of only power, then he'd probably tell us to take a flying leap at ourselves. Does that make sense? He'd be all-powerful, but he couldn't really give a rip about us because most of us are Muppets, yeah? Amen to us being Muppets? Yeah. Most of us? Oh, oh, no, bro. I'll ask your wife and we'll see what she says <laughs> after church. But we're also blessed that God is not just a God of love and he doesn't have the power because he'd totally care about us, but he'd end up being like, well, good luck, guys. I've just got nothing I can do, (laughs) right? But when we see God and we see Jesus ascribed in these verses, it's like he is the wonderful counselor, the love, the the blessing. But he's also the almighty, powerful, eternal God. And you put those two together and you have a God that loves you like crazy and has the ability to empower you, strengthen you. I just love it, eh? One of the things I was thinking about this week, that um, Ross Brown had some of his lads in this week doing a whole bunch of construction upstairs. So some of the ministries are getting a bit bigger, which is cool. We need to smash out some walls and stuff, which is awesome. Um, So they're up there smashing away. And one of the things I kept thinking is, um, I'm so glad that Jesus never runs out of power or runs out of energy, right? So a couple of times, um, one of the guys, Marcus, he wouldn't mind me talking about him, and if he did, bad luck. Shot Marcus, if you're listening to this. Um, one of the guys, Marcus, who's like the foreman, he's overseeing the dudes. Every now and then, they're smashing literally walls down, right? And Marcus would be, and I was trying to work up there, which was just completely hilarious. They kept bringing me like earplug thingies, but it was just super loud. And Marcus had been there smashing something with his hammer. And then he'd do that, he did this a whole bunch of times. It just made me go, Whoo-hoo-hoo. He'd go into the other room where the other dudes were smashing. And he'd be like, lads, I need the persuader. 
And he'd usually say it kind of dramatically, and they'd hand him this massive sledgehammer, and he'd go back, and they'd just be like wailing away on the wall. And Jade and Stas, if you know them, Stas is like this high, she's very short. Um, her and Jade even had a bit of smashing on the wall with the persuader, right? And I was like, I'm so glad. And I was writing the sermon while I was smashing things, and I was like, man, I'm so glad that Jesus never gets to the limit of his power. And then he's like trying to help Dave with something, and then he's just like, whoa. Man, this issue that Dave's struggling with right now is just too huge. God, I, I just don't have enough power. I need more power. He never does that, right? Because he's God. He's unlimited in power. Although, I was thinking about Dave this week, and I was thinking, I'm sure there's times where you get Jesus like, God, we need the persuader, because he's just not listening. So, But he would do it in love, right? He would do it in love. I love that, eh? Jesus never, never says, I just can't help you right now. I'm low on power, or I'm low on advice. He never does, right? He's always able to help us because he is eternal and all-powerful. Um, I love it, eh? Um, the other phrase that Dave talked about was wonderful counsellor. And I asked Jeremy if I could talk about him here. Um, there's a bunch of... So Jeremy's running a counselling practice now, which is really awesome. And there's been a bunch of people from church and from outside the church that have gone to meet up with Jeremy. And because some of them I've met with as a pastor and then said, wow, you need some help, why don't you catch up with Jeremy... I'll still catch up with them a bit just to say, how you doing? Can we pray? How can I support you? Whatever. Um, and often I'll ask them, obviously, how's it going with Jeremy? And every time they're literally like, oh, my goodness, so helpful. They're like, Jeremy is crazy wise, asks really good questions. He's, got, he's helping me so much, right? Which I'm just like, man, we're so blessed as a church to have a Jeremy floating around that we can use, right? Um, and like I said before about eldership, it's like, honestly, there's been a number of times where we've been in eldership discussing something, and because Jeremy's wise, because he's got really good training, he can speak into situations. And like several times, and I'm not exaggerating, I've literally pushed back from the desk, and I wanted to just go, because what he said was so wise and deep. And then I always sit there feeling like an idiot, because I'm like, man, I could have sat in this room for like 20,000 years, and I would never have said what he just like said off the top of his head then. He's so wise. One of the things I was thinking of is if you're struggling with stuff, um, and I say this in love, right? This is part of my illustrations. I don't think I'm being mean. If you're struggling with something, you're kind of nuts because we've got a Jeremy that we prepared earlier. You know how they do it on those cooking shows? Here's something I prepared earlier. It's like, we prepared a Jeremy earlier. If you're struggling, go and catch up with Jeremy. The church pays for the first two or three sessions. We're just working out what that looks like and get some help. We have an amazing counselor here in church, right? Um, but one of the things I was thinking about this week, I was like, no disrespect for Jeremy, but I have access to someone even more wise than Jeremy, if that's possible, right? <laughs> um, Jesus loves me more than Jeremy loves me. Jesus is wiser than Jeremy is. Jesus is more insightful than Jeremy is. Jesus is also help, able to help me forever because he's eternal. He is outside time. Well, Jeremy's not outside time. Thank goodness. That would just be weird. Um, my question here to you is, are you really availing yourself of the love and the wisdom of Jesus? Are you preparing room in your week, in your day, to listen to his guidance and direction? I'm sure if we were honest, every one of us would think of situations in our lives, some small, some huge, where we're like, man, I need the wisdom of God right now because this is, but I just don't know how to deal with this. And my question back to you would be like, that's awesome, and God is ready to help. Jesus is ready to speak wisdom into your situation. So how are you preparing a room? What are you doing in your day? What are you doing in your week to listen to him? <laughs> Or you're running around so fast and so crazy that he's like, well, if you'll just sit still for five minutes, I can actually talk to you. And you're sprinting, Jesus, why don't you guide me and direct me? And he's like, ah, you know. I think sometimes at this time of year, we're all wanting peace and peace and wisdom. And 
but we just run around like a bunch of nutters, and the whole time God's literally like, well, if you'll just shut up. <laughs> he wouldn't say that because he loves you, you know what I mean, eh? If you just stop, man. So how do you connect with Jesus, yeah? I think one of the most important things about us is figuring out how I connect with God. Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I be when I, when I hear from God? Um, for me, it's nature. I get out and sit under a tree or go in the bush, and I'm just like, whoa. For some of you are like, eh, nature's worms and dirt. Bleh. So what's your place? Is it an old church? You know when you go into an old church, you were just like, whoa. I feel the presence of God. Is it a quiet room at your house? Is it sitting on your deck or in your backyard or something? Where's that place you go where you know you, you feel the presence of God, where you know God can talk to you? And if you don't know, then I would love, I will shout you 50 coffees in the cafe that Mahalia apparently is paying for, which is awesome. I'd love to meet with you and just talk about that because it's so important until we figure out how do I connect with God? Where do I go? What is that place? We just keep missing him, right? So if you do know that place, then again, prepare him room. What are you going to do this week? to just carve out a little, it might be five minutes, it might be ten minutes, where you're just going to sit and be with God and listen to him, right, and ask him to speak wisdom, ask him to give you strength and guidance and direction. Um, or are you just going to keep running and wake up January 1st and go, <sighs> missed him. <laughs> I missed him, man, it was, a good, it was a good Christmas, but I just didn't hear Jesus. <laughs> Didn't experience his peace, didn't experience his empowerment, simply because you didn't prepare him room, didn't make that time, right? Okay. Hey, so that's the first one, this whole everlasting father. And here's the second one, um, Prince of Peace, right? Prince of Peace. And this is the one. So the everlasting father was the one that I thought some of you might be like, what the heck? How is Jesus the father? Trinity mixed up. Um, and this is the one that I thought, I was like, Prince of Peace. Already got it nailed. I know what that means. Jesus is on a throne, hopefully with some really cool scepter, because he's like God. And he's just like piecing, zapping and piecing. That's kind of the bizarre image I had. But lucky for you, I did some study this week and went, wow, that's completely messed up. <laughs> and this is what I came down with, which I thought was really fascinating. Um, first of all, peace here. And this is super cool. So if you're zoning in and out, Focus. If you're on the podcast and you're driving, focus or doing the dishes, maybe put the towel down for a minute. Because I thought this was super cool. The, the Hebrew word that Isaiah chose to use, there was a whole bunch he could have used, but that he used to describe peace means being whole or complete or sound. I'll say that again, being whole or complete or sound. And I was like, man, that's a really cool description of what I think a lot of us crave for from God. We want wholeness, we want completeness, we want to be sound of mind, of body, of relationship, of everything. And then the other part that's so cool to it is the word he uses for prince actually means an administrator or a facilitator. And when I read that, I remember I was sitting in the front window, this sounds, I'm a bit of a weirdo, right? I was sitting in the cafe against those windows, sun coming in, and I was just like, oh my God, I just wanted to run around and find someone to tell, and I turned around and all the staff were busy, and I was like, so I'm telling you guys. I was like, this is such a cool image of who Jesus is and what he wants to give us. So I put it up on the screen like this. Um, Jesus is the one who administers the benefits of peace and wholeness. And this is the key to whoever comes to him. I love that, eh? That's so cool. Jesus is the one who administers the benefits of peace and wholeness, soundness, completeness. So whoever comes to him, and, and to me the key is the comes to him. 
And like I've said this a bunch of times, right? I always imagine God's ready to zap, ready to help, ready to bless. Um, but it's us. He puts the responsibility on us to stop and come to him and ask for that blessing, ask for him to speak into our lives, uh, life, asking him to bring us um, wholeness and, and, and peace and comfort. So this is the second point. If you want wholeness and peace, you must get it from Jesus. Remember, the first one is if you want um, eternity, you need to get it from Jesus. And this one is if you want wholeness and peace, you must get it from Jesus. Um, I think we hear this a lot, right, from friends. Heaps of my non-Christian friends often will talk about this kind of thing. Man, I just want, there's something missing. I'm not whole. They wouldn't say it like that. They'd be like, I feel like there's something just beyond my grasp. I just can't quite get it. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm just missing something. There's something out there. I can't get it. And it's always like, well, God. <laughs> um, I asked Lucas if I could say this, and he's shared his story here before, but Lucas and I were talking this week, and he was saying that before he became a Christian, this is a classic thing we hear from people, before he became a Christian, it really felt like there was a hole in him. There was something missing from him. And he was telling me, and then I was kind of nervous about asking him, and I said, so when you became a Christian, did the hole get filled, or was it like, nah, it's still there? And I was going to be like, well, we need to talk. But Lucas was like, nah, honestly, when I became a Christian, the hole was filled, the longing, the, the gap was filled. And I was like, that's God, right? That's how we were created with this, this classic thing we say, this kind of God-shaped hole, right? Um, I was in a cafe, I think I've told you this before, I was in a cafe in Auckland a couple of years ago, and meeting up with the pastor, having a coffee, and an old Māori lady um, came over to me, and she just said, oh, excuse me, um, have you found it? And I was like, you found what? And she's like, the better place. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, I'm sorry. And then she pointed to my arm, and I have um, a tattoo, a verse from Hebrews on here, and it says, I'm a foreigner and a nomad here on earth. And this is the bit she was referring to, um, looking for a better place. And she wanted to know, had I found a better place? And I was just like, go, Jesus. And so I was like, why, well, yes, I have. Let me tell you. And like, kind of like, we had this massive chat. And then like, she connected him with the pastor and lived around the corner from him. And blah. it was all just this crazy, cool God thing. And I was like, man, there's a lot of people on our planet <laughs> searching for a better place, right? And, and for us who are with Jesus, we're like, man, I found it over here. <laughs> um, one of the scary things to me, though, is that I've heard from a lot of CBCers, right, um, this year that a lot of CBCers are saying, I'm not feeling whole. I'm not feeling sound. I'm certainly not experiencing peace. And when I hear that, I just go, hang on, hang on, this shouldn't work. Because <laughs> if you're connected with him, who is the source of peace and eternity and power, how does that work? How can you be connected to him, but you're not experiencing peace? <laughs> How can you be a Christian, a Christ one, a follower of Jesus, but you've got a hole in you? And I've had a bunch of conversations with heaps of you and just gone, what the heck is happening here? And the thing I came back to is this, and I'm, I'm going to finish with this, and this is not rocket science. We were created in the image of God and created, and this is the key, to live life in deep, close connection with him. Created to live in deep, close connection with him. And I think there's a bunch of us in this church we're saved, we're Jesus nerds, but we're just not really living in close connection with him. And then straight away we start to doubt the existence. Does God really exist? Does he? I'm just missing something. There's something more. In my... And all this comes in and it's simply because we're not seeking him. We're not preparing him room. We're not connecting with him. Which makes me real concerned and real worried. And the thing I keep feeling like is it's like Jeremy, right? 
if I'm wrestling, wrestling with something huge and I don't go and see Jeremy, you should turn to me and say, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why won't you go and see Jeremy? He's this great counselor. Go and see him. And I would never call any of you an idiot. <laughs> but if you're struggling and you're like, man, I'm not experiencing peace. I'm not experiencing wholeness. I just feel like there's something beyond my grasp. I'd look at you and in massive love say, it's Jesus, man. You've, you've lost somehow, not your connection with Jesus. You're still saved and all that, but you're not dwelling with him. You're not making room for him in your life. So the connection is, is waning. The empowerment is waning. The peace is disappearing. Jesus loves you like crazy. And he's standing there going, peace, wholeness. I'm ready, and it's up to us to make him room. Hey, Itu, Itu, stand up and let me pray. I don't know how to land this, so I'm just going to burble. We really do love you, eh, at CBC, elders, wives, there's heaps of super wise Christians here. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, listen to me on the podcast, we love you, eh? Um... If, if that's you at the moment, you're like, man, pressure on with Jesus, but I'm missing something, then, oh, man, I just, I plead with you, I beg with you, I don't even know what the word is, to find someone cool and go and talk to them and be like, man, can we do coffee sometime? I, there's a hole. <laughs> there shouldn't be, because I'm plugged into Jesus, but there's something missing. I, I, I mean, I'll shout you your coffee, or 20 coffees, whatever it takes, eh? Um, Dave's, elders... But there's real cool people in this church that you know. Just go up to one of them or text them and be like, hey, can we just do coffee sometime or juice if you're not cool or water if you're super not cool? It's just something wrong, man. <laughs> Last thing, eh, is prepare him room. Don't wake up January 1st and go, blast. <laughs> Missed him this season. Yeah, let me pray for us. Yeah, kia ora eor. Uh, the great God over all, the creator of everything who called all things into being out of nothing, and yet the one who comes to us uh, in love and care. Jesus, thank you that you are the administrator, the facilitator of wholeness, of completeness, of peace. And you are the, the, the eternal, everlasting Father who is outside beyond time. I just keep feeling like, ah, I can't believe we have access to you. It just seems a bit like it's too good to be true. There's got to be a catch. <laughs> but there isn't. You already did it all, which is wild. <laughs> ah, man. Almighty God, Father of all, call out to you now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I ask you right now through your Spirit to be drawing people to you. I pray in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone in this room, if there's anyone listening on the podcast, who's got a hole. I pray through your spirit you would give them boldness and encourage them to call out to someone, text someone, phone someone and say, can you help me? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I pray they wouldn't... Uh, I say this carefully, God, so you feel free to do what you want here, but I, I pray they wouldn't through stubbornness or arrogance or anything stupid like that. Just carry, strug carry on struggling that you would draw them to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus who loved us enough to die for us. Eh? Yeah, amen. Amen.